Welcome back to the Black and Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Tino Kodatonga, Ravens Alpaya. Laying it repeat that. Here is a podcast that's created a dialogue and a space for black men to be their most authentic selves. Now, my guest today, my guest today, guys, before I get to my guest today, just a little disclaimer. Um, my voice sounds a little croaky, and that is because, uh, you know, if you know me, you know that I support Liverpool. And, you know, if you know football, then you know that we beat Newcastle 2-1 on Sunday. Made a comeback, 80th minute down with Nunez. I was screaming Nunez. I was just running up and down. Like, oh, honestly, I was so mad before um, the game. Well, not before the game, but during the game. But I digress, I digress. Let me tell you about my guest, guys, because my guest is really interesting today. And me and Nathan talk about our interests in psychology. We talk about why he studied psychology at university and how psychology and business development have been able to impact what he does today. And Nathan has recently um, started his business as a coach. And, you know, we talk about so many interesting things in terms of the value of having a coach we talk about how he helps his clients in terms of getting them to realize what their goals are or how they can you know make steps towards reaching their goals and Nathan is also really passionate about men's mental health he's a part of a group that does talks for men um, and their mental health and I'm going to put those into the show notes so you can go and check those out and Nathan really uh, brings an interesting perspective on men's mental health and what we can do in society right now because we talk about dating and we talk about you know the differences in dating and what challenges there are for men right now within dating and I think you're really going to love the conversation that we have on that um, because I found that quite fascinating and quite interesting um, but Nathan is great guys I think you're gonna love him um, and I really hope you enjoy this episode before we get started um, I have a talk that will be happening on Tuesday, the 5th of September. I'm going to put the Eventbrite link into the show notes so you guys can go and check that out. Uh, we're going to be discussing uh, what makes a good man. So I really hope you guys can come along to that. Tell me what you think. Um, and for all the black men that listen to this podcast, I've created a community group um, for, you know, for black men, just be able to come on there, be able to talk, be able to, you know, know when new episodes come out and know when talks are out, but also just to have important discussions and conversations and topics. I really want it to be a place where um, black men can just communicate with each other open and honestly and seek advice and seek connection. So if you want to be a part of that, then uh, let me know, drop me a message, um, or you can just check into the show notes and then I can, you know, I'm the admin obviously, so I can see from in there. But so I just wanted to share one more thing with you guys. Nathan has a free workshop on the 7th of September from seven o'clock to eight 30. Um, and it's called the ABCD workshop and it's going to have men coming on talking about how we can improve ourselves how we can improve on our appearance on our boundaries making sure that we're setting good boundaries at work in our relationships and just in our career and just making sure that the stuff that we can do as men which is important to us that we're doing those things and that we know how to do them so i might even see if i can make an appearance um but I think it's going to be really cool. If you want to find out more about that, then go into the show notes and then you can see that there. So here is my episode with Nathan Esson. So Nathan, welcome to the Black and Raw podcast. It's really good to have you on. Yes, thank you. Thank you for allowing me on, Tino. Uh, I reached out to you, thought we'd have a really good conversation. So looking forward to getting started. Yeah, no, nah, I always love when people reach out, to be honest with you. So um, I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, and quite funny enough, we both did uh, I sort of same courses at university. You did psychology at university. I did criminology and psychology. Um, so I wanted to be a psychologist at one point. Um, but then since I did the dual honours, I didn't get to do any of the fun stuff for either topic. Like other people were dissecting brains and I was just like, 
out here dying doing stats and I was like, I can't, be, I can't keep doing stats, man. Like, so I pivoted a little bit, but, yep. um, psychology and people were always something that I was quite interested in. Um, so I guess for you, like in terms of, um, why did you want to do, why did you do psychology at uni? What was it about psychology that interested you? Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny enough you say that, I guess just understanding why we do what we do. Uh, in my school, it wasn't something that we were allowed to do at the time. It was something that you had to do in sixth form. Mm. And honestly, just fell in love with the subjects. I found it so interesting. And because it's why we do what we do, it um, ended up, I guess, tying into a load of my other interests. Like I love history and stuff like that. It explained a lot about that. Um, I was interested in religion and maybe why I wasn't as religious as other people when I was younger. Um, sports as well. And it just tied into all these other interests, relationship dynamics. Um, so yeah, it was always going to be the choice for me. Uh, I know a lot of my friends at the time were doing stuff like business and everything yeah. like that. That was just always my main interest. Nah, fair enough. Yeah. Psychology was always interesting. I, I, it was similar as well. I enjoyed it sort of because it was sort of, we're finding out about how people became people, like how, how we become the adults we are, you know, learned a lot about like, um, attachment styles and babies. And it's interesting when you're like, oh, okay. So how you're treated when you're a child impacts what you look like when you're older. It's like, oh, that's crazy. Like you never, we, we never really think about the intricacies of how that works, but I think psychology sort of made you sort of think about that and how everything sort of works together um and even understanding ourselves it was it was always interesting I always enjoyed because I did a level psychology as well so my teacher made it really interesting um even the times when we were learning about why animals are mating and stuff like that and we went to the zoo one time it was it was fun it was a lot of fun actually I miss school I miss school trips don't get to do that like (laughs) there's so many there's so many different theories as well right you've got Mm. behavioral but cognitive, you've got evolutionary, you've got psychodynamic, you've got all these different things. Um, so when you're kind of putting in, you know, when you're doing your tests and whatnot and you're having to argue from different sides, it's actually all interesting stuff. Um, so I think that's what kind of made it a little bit different for me, you know, why people comply, why people are obedient. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, those were always interesting. And they took this and they talked about sort of people in World War Two and why people followed Hitler. And it was, yeah. And as you said, it's sort of uh, aligned with your interest in history as well. Cause then you're like, oh, okay. Why, why would you follow Hitler? Like, and then you're like, oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense why people would do that. Um, and then I feel like it helps you sort of give an understanding of like, okay, not everyone was bad at that point. It was just sort of, it's just how as humans, we, we sort of engage and interact with people is, yeah, it's very interesting. Actually. I enjoyed psychology. I did enjoy psychology. A hundred percent. I remember I did a, um, I remember I asked the boy, well, my boys at the time, um, about a case study that I have to do and it really opens your mind. And it was about, um, pedophiles, mm. uh, reintegrating back into psycho into society. And it was so funny because, you know, when I explained that to the guys, oh my gosh, how could you even <laughs> do a subject like that? And I'm saying it's just my case study. But then you actually do start to understand, you know, the difference between a convicted paedophile and then somebody that unfortunately just has those strange type of urges and whatnot. And there's a lot more into it. And, you know, things that may have happened in their childhood that affects the way they are, you know, in their adult life. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't had that same experience then how can you be so hard on someone that's unfortunately had you know a traumatic childhood um so i guess it just really really opens up your brain yeah it definitely does open up your brain 100 percent. because yeah you like obviously if you're thinking oh my gosh why would why would you allow pedophiles to reintegrate in society but then when you when you think about it and when you hear sort of different stories and different perspectives um because that i think there are schools of thought that it's sort of like it is um sort of a mental disorder like it is sort of like there are people out there that are attracted to children but don't act upon it but like are struggling because of the shame because of the isolation um and i think there are sort of programs out there in different places of the world that are trying to help them um it's obviously it's, it's bad when you 
enact on it, but like, but you need some help before that part. You know what I mean? But psychology sort of helps you give an understanding of like, okay, there's more to it than just good and bad. You know, there's, there's the nuances in between. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. So you also, so you've also done business development. Um, and you know, as you're saying, all your mates were doing business at the same time when you were doing psychology. So you ended up going there. Um, I wanted to know how does sort of business development and psychology interact with each other? Yeah. So very good question. <laughs> um, I think when I finished uni, I was at that stage where I thought, do I do a master's? Mm. And then I was like, oh, I kind of want to earn money. Um, and I've always been a bit of a salesman. Um, so I went to a recruitment job, absolutely hated it. And one of the things that I did at uni was um, just to earn a bit of money on the side, I did promotional sales. Mm-hmm. I used to love that. I used to love going out as well. Um, so then I started to do that abroad, started to earn good money abroad, um, you know, managed a business abroad as well. And that kind of just was me. And then ended up, you know, deciding, right, I can't just be you know, drinking three times a week. It's a fun lifestyle. But then I want to take all that experience that I learned and go into corporate sales. And then I guess where the two marry up a bit is um, increasing, uh, I guess, team performance, productivity, um, improving morale between the team. So I always kind of had ideas on how I can integrate the two. Um, but my full-time job, so I'm a business development manager for an energy company at this moment in time. And because of the energy crisis, my job just completely slowed down. We couldn't sell it anymore. So I saw the opportunity to become a coach. And I thought, brilliant, this is where I can marry up the two. Mm. So I did a coaching course last year, did a diploma. Um, got my diploma this year as a certified performance coach, self-development expert, and decided to set up my business. So that's the way, I guess, I've made the two kind of transitions. So I've got my own business. Um, I actually do offer to help businesses as well, do workshops, um, group coaching, one-to-one sessions as well. But then I also do that outside of businesses, uh, just, you know, individuals that you would see online for example yeah oh interesting so you sort of went from sort of party boy but also uh also working as well so it's not like you were just not doing anything you were working yeah. you you are getting your bread uh but you're enjoying yourself at the same time and i feel like it probably was quite a nice sort of stage in your life where it's like i can you just sort of chill um but also do that thing but then i i like sort of how you how you sort of came back and sort of I get. I don't know if pivot is the word, but you sort of took the skills that you have with psychology, with developing the business, um, with working in an energy company. So you've got all them skills and now you're sort of putting that into coaching. And do you say you're also helping businesses develop their business as well? Is that is that part of the coaching structure as well? Yeah. So um, there was an opportunity with a, um, a law firm, actually, at... Um, quite early into my, I guess, me setting up the business and whatnot. And unfortunately that did fall through. Um, but that looked like a really interesting topic because, uh, project, should I say, because I was going to help them with their mental health policy, do group coaching and do one-to-one sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have now had um, more opportunities. So I'm actually going to be working, I think, next month with the university, coaching some of their students, um, so that's quite a nice business opportunity. And then I've spoken to a couple of other businesses about doing something similar to what I was doing in the law firm. So it is just, you know, it's incredible some of the opportunities that kind of arise um, from the coaching journey, especially so early on. So um, I'm sure more and more opportunities will come from that, especially the more that I reach out to companies. Yeah, definitely. What are you sort of most looking forward to in terms of coaching people or helping companies sort of set up like what what are you looking forward to the most you say do you know what I, my main thing so um as much as you know i love i'd love to be working with you know big companies and whatnot my main thing is to really uh make a dent in the men's mental health space unfortunately you know suicide's at an all-time high with men 
Um, men just don't feel like they can express themselves in this generation. They feel like they've lost their voice. They're struggling with societal pressure of what it is to even be a man anymore. And they're struggling to communicate those feelings. And I want to be part of the change to bring down that suicide rate and just relate to men. I mean, I'm someone that's struggled to open up. I've seen the negative effects it's had on me. So I just say, if I can do that, you can do that. You know, if Tyson Fury can talk about his mental health problems and he was, you know, heavyweight champion of the world, mm. why the hell can you not do it? So I just want to show men that there are services out there to help you and support you. And you don't have to just deal with this, deal with these things and issues that you've got alone. Yeah, I actually, I haven't watched the Tyson Fury documentary, but one of my friends said it was really good. But then I saw like the little advert on uh, Netflix that I was scrolling through um, and he was talking about that he was bipolar. And I was like, oh, I had no idea that he was bipolar. And his wife was like, you know, uh, God gave me a challenge. Like God said I needed a challenge. Um <laughs> But I thought that was really interesting in terms of that, like, yeah, this dude who's like boxer, like just mega famous, super. If you look at him, you're like, oh my gosh, he's like pinnacle of man. He's so handsy, so this and that. But like the man is suffering from a mental disorder, which at one point in time would look to as like you were crazy. Um, so it's very interesting that he's been able to be vulnerable and be like, yeah, this is sort of what I go through and what I'm going through. Um, and I, I really admire that in terms of, as you were saying that you're looking, you want to make a dent in the men's mental health uh, space. And yeah, like really, I think our missions really did align. So I'm so glad you did reach out um, because it is important. It's important for men to be able to express what's going on with them to you know, be able to be vulnerable with themselves, but also with their partners. It just leads to uh, better men, at least to stronger men, at least to more healthy men. And as you're saying, you know, the suicide rate is going up. So I think it's work that's definitely needed. So I'm glad, I'm glad that's sort of what you said in terms of what you're most looking forward to and what you're wanting to do. A hundred percent. That is, that is the big thing for me. And funny enough, actually, I've just started working with a charity called Talk Club. Mm. Um, and I've set up, you know, a, a men's talking group, a charity, as I said, it's free of charge, um, in Bedfordshire, um, the first one in the Beds Hearts region. And, um, funny enough, Tyson Fury actually endorses us. Oh, wow. Um, when he did his version of Sweet Caroline, that, uh, he actually, all the proceeds actually went to Talk Club before mm. I started working with them, to be fair. Um, but yeah, it's incredible. I did like a, an art, I wrote an article, the first article I've ever written, and it went into the, the Luton Herald and Post. Um, and some of the article actually was centered around Tyson Fury. And I think he's kind of the perfect advocate because as you said, to a lot of men, he seems like the, the pinnacle of man. You know, like mm -hmm. you used to hear about Mike Tyson, you know, the baddest man on the planet. Tyson Fury can technically knock out any man. <laughs> you know, and it Pretty just, much. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just a great example of if he can do it, then what is stopping you? And I think more men need to see that because there still is a lot of stigma around, you know, that man mentality from when they're younger. And don't get me wrong, I think a big part of the reason why I want to get into it as well is because I'm definitely not saying to men, you just have to be, you have to be crying every day. <laughs> and you just need to be like overly emotional. I don't think that's, I don't think that's the solution, mm. but it is about creating a safe space for men to be able to talk to one another, uh, at least about what they're going through. They might sometimes even feel uncomfortable, unfortunately open up around some of their friends, their partner. So, you know, if that is the case and you don't feel comfortable in that, in that setting, reach out to a professional because they're actually skilled to be able to listen to you and help you and discuss what's actually going on as opposed to maybe just relate it to themselves, for example. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? I think the thing is that's so great about being a man um, is that we can sort of do it. We can, we can be vulnerable and we can be open and honest in our own way. I don't think it's, I don't think it would be good of us to 
Like it wouldn't even sort of be natural of us to be vulnerable in a way that women are vulnerable, in a way that women express their emotions. But there's ways in which we're able to, we can take things from them. We can be like, okay, their vocabulary and how they describe their feelings is amazing. Let's take that and put it in our own words, in our own version. You know, if we, if we want to cry, it's okay to cry. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to cry all the time, but I think as men, we love to come up with solutions. But I feel yeah. like we maybe don't give the time to be in our in our fields. So like being your fields, that's great. Express that, understand what's going on for you, and then come up with a solution. Like, because we love to come up with solutions. So let's let's do the thing that's gonna help us actually heal first, and then we can come up with a better solution. Like I, I think there's a way in which as men, there's ways that we can do it ours ourselves that is true to who we are as men. You know what? I love that you said that because I, you know, when I was growing up, a lot of my idols at the time were people like The Rock, mm. Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, these big, yeah. <laughs> big dudes that were just like super charismatic. And I do believe in like, I do personally think for me, like I do like a lot of like, you know, the masculine traits, like being strong, being fit, trying to conquer, um, providing for your family, protecting for your family. I do believe in all of that, but I believe the pinnacle of being a man, yes, some of those traits, but it is, as you said, it is for me being an emotionally intelligent man, being able to be in control of your emotions. I, I agree. I don't think an overly an overly emotional man, um, maybe in the some way that some women are, um, would be great for society <laughs> because sometimes they can end up being a school shooter or something like that. <laughs> or president. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I, I completely agree. I do think it's about picking up certain traits that might, you know, not seem traditionally masculine, but they're only going to help you be a better husband. They're going to help you be a better father. Um, so, yeah, I think to be a well-rounded man, a man, should I say, uh, it's important to have um, some of those traits as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I saw... Uh, what you in, in terms of when you said talk club I was looking for your LinkedIn and stuff like that before this conversation and I was like oh I really like that um, and it just happened that it sort of came up in this conversation um, but I wanted to find out sort of what conversations are men having um, in these discussion groups like what are you finding that men are talking about when it comes to their mental health or like their self-development and communication and all of that yeah, so I'll be I'll be very, very honest. I've only done the one session so far. That has come, that's <laughs> um, come. <laughs> so yeah, it's only really gonna start kicking off from next, yeah, from our second session, really. Um, however, um, from what I've seen so far, it's mainly what's nice about it is so the first question that I would ask when I go around the room is saying is how are you out of 10? And then I talk about kind of what men are happy with, what's gone well in their week, what they're grateful for, what they're going to do to improve their mental fitness. So that might be walking, that might be going for a run, that might be spending more time with family. And then towards the end of the session, I'll also ask them how they are out of 10 again. Mm. And it's incredible to see how much the men's scores rise. On average, people usually start out at like a, about 6.2. And by the end, and this is across the whole of the country, they're usually at about a high seven. And that just shows the impact of a two-hour talk group that men feel so much better just when they've spoken to other men, have had a laugh. It's nice as well because it's not like you're going down the pub and people are drinking all sorts, might even be some narcotics, who knows? <laughs> Whereas this is it's just men being able to talk about what's going on and you know have a laugh and just feel a lot better by opening up. Um, so the good thing is as well is because some of the captains like for myself great I'm a coach some of the captains just simply are they've just been people that have been you know work, gone to their own talk clubs for a little while and they've obviously shown the attributes to be made into a captain so it's not about you know it's not a therapy session it's not about digging up things from the past it's simply about what's going on now and what you're going to work on for the next week the next two weeks the next month to ensure your mental fitness is at its best and also another aspect of it as well although the whole idea is to i guess improve one another's mental fitness is the fact that it's okay not to be okay 
So yeah, a lot of the time, don't get me wrong, the scores obviously do increase. They definitely increase during the session, but they might increase week by week or I'm doing my sessions personally month by month. However, sometimes someone might come in at a four or a three. They might have had a really bad week, but feel free to open up about what you want to open up to the group. And I'm sure there's going to be other men in a similar situation to yourself. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I really, I really like that to be honest with you. And I think at Black and Raw, we, I used to do, I say we, like there's other people that's working with it on there. <laughs> um, but I used to do some sort of monthly talks and men talks as well. Um, and I sort of dropped off with it, like just in terms of life and work got a bit long and hectic. Um, but I'm, I'm starting to sort of pick that back up again. Um, and I always loved those, those groups and those chats because we sort of had quite interesting conversations and it just gave people a space where they could just talk about things and be open and be honest and be vulnerable. And I, I think we definitely need more spaces like that. You know, some, some people might look at it and be like, Oh, you know, there's so much competition for men's groups. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, because at the end of the day, one, there's so many men out there and to like you're reaching men in that area i'm reaching men in this area even if we have some overlap it's okay isn't it great that we actually have spaces where men can just go and talk and they can choose and pick and choose where they want to go um so I've, I've i always sort of admire when i see different men doing men's groups and sort of just just allowing them to talk about stuff that's important to them because it's necessary we, we haven't had a lot of spaces like that so it's good we're seeing more spaces like that coming through that's it. And the thing is, as well, it's about spreading awareness, right? Because I have to admit before my coaching journey, I didn't actually know there were many services, mm. but then I did, for example, a, uh, I did a podcast with, he's called Luton's Deadpool. He dresses up in a loot, uh, in a Deadpool outfit. <laughs> he does some really great, um, mental health work in, in Luton. And I didn't know that he does his own talk group. And then when I was trying to find a venue for, um, for the talk club, in Bedfordshire, I've realized there were other services as well. Mm. So it's about getting those services out there. So there are the services there, just unfortunately men aren't exploring them or they're not being pushed enough. Um, so I think, yeah, just spreading more awareness about these types of services for men uh, is super key. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, and so in terms of with your coaching, um, I saw on your YouTube that it said um, that you're helping men become better men. So I wanted to ask you, why do men need to become better men? Good question. <laughs> um, it's not the fact that I feel men need to become better men. I feel like men a lot of the time just want to become better men. I feel like a lot of us live a quiet life of desperation which is where, you know, we're stuck in a rut, we're bored. Our values are completely misplaced into things just like possessions or just simply money alone. And a lot of us are crying out for some sort of support to push us, but we just don't have that because unfortunately life gets life gets in the way. And now we're in a generation of people that have more distractions now more than ever. Social media the internet, <laughs> you're just constantly distracted by all of these things. And then as you get older, you've got bills to pay, mm. more chores, family. And a lot of us sometimes don't end up, you know, living the life that we actually intend to live. So there's two elements of it. It's kind of like a 360 approach, right? I want to help men actually open up and be honest about what they want in life and open up about their issues, expose, eradicate, deal with them and move past them. But then it's also about helping them achieve the goals that they they set themselves in life. Um, so it's a bit of a two-pronged attack, but the whole idea is that they, you know, they they leave the process, the separate step coaching process, um, you know, with a sense of purpose, with a sense of control over their lives. They have, they have much more improved relationships with their friends, their colleagues, their partner, and the fact that they've got these tools now to succeed for the rest of their lives outside of the coaching, they now know how to action plan, they know how to goal set. Um, and that is the idea. And they've also developed a winning mindset. So they've got used to achieving these small steps. So when they're in that situation again, they don't have to reach out to a coach because they know what to do. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I like that to be fair. Um, and I, yeah, I think that is good. I, I think, yeah, as you said, we all sort of want to become better men. And like, even through this podcast, like even through some of the stuff that I do, like it's, it's, it's a part of me wanted to become like a better man. You know, I, I think we're all sort of on that sort of journey. Um, and yeah, it, it, it takes a while and it, like, it's not going to happen overnight. And sometimes you need a coach to do it. Um, sometimes you sort of need support. Um, but I think what's also great and sort of like, there is a lot of distractions. Don't get me wrong, but I think in the age we also live in now, there's so many resources and tools that you can use to sort of help you get there and get where you need to go. Um, that, you know, you can look on YouTube and like, I'm for me right now, I'm trying to, one of my main priorities is fixing my health is becoming a much healthier person just in general. Um, and like, I've been watching this dude, I found this dude on TikTok. I forgot his James something, but, um, this white British dude. Um, but like he, I just love sort of what he did on TikTok and then now I've subscribed to his YouTube, but like, now suddenly the algorithm is showing me loads of health things. <laughs> you've seen one. But like I, I was looking at a video, I was watching a video of his the other day and it was just sort of giving me encouragement, giving me advice on what to do and how to be healthier and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think men are trying to do, are trying to be better. Um, it's just how do you be better? And I like sort of you, your approach in terms of you want to do how you're doing with your coaching and fig, helping men figure out their values again. And what principles do you live by? What do you who do you want to be? Like, why do you want to be that person? Um, and for you, I guess, sort of, um, how is your journey on sort of your self-development, the man you want to be? How is that going? Yeah, uh, that is a really, really good question. I think, um, do you know what I've learned? Sometimes you, you some, well, no, a lot of the times you do have to pay for a service mm. to be fully committed to a process because don't get me wrong. I always say, you know, try it yourself. Go on YouTube, watch self-development um, videos, as you say, you know, maybe even watch someone that you aspire to be like a David Goggins. Mm. If you don't leave a David Goggins video wanting to go to the gym. Yeah. You know? <laughs> his book is really good as well, actually. I read his book. Read Very fantastic. That's good to know. That would definitely be on the reading list. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I definitely would advise to definitely try it yourself. But to get to that next level, I think, having somebody that can ask you those difficult questions and effective questions at the right time is key. Um, and that's what I've learned. You know, I feel like I'm a much better person since I started my coaching journey, especially, you know, unfortunately me and my ex-girlfriend, we're not together anymore. Um, however, just being a better boyfriend in terms of, I've always been someone that's, you know, good at talking to people, you know, I keep my cool very, very well. Mm. It's rare that you'll see me get annoyed about anything. But um, being able to see things from a different perspective is so, so key. Like I talked to a coach about like maybe a, a dispute that we'd had um, recently that maybe wasn't so, so personal, but just a dispute. And I'm just seeing it thinking, I can't see where I'm wrong in this. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's her fault. Like, yeah, I don't want to go and tell her it's her fault because I don't want to, you know, make the situation worse, but I don't see where I'm going wrong. But then just thinking, oh, okay, that I could have dealt with this better. I didn't need to say that. You know, what do I really want for the relationship moving forwards? I want us to work out. So is it really worth nibbling or biting at a small point yeah whether you're right or not held back on that you know that kind of thing just seeing things from different perspectives and they're not even advising me they're literally just asking me questions to help me self-reflect mm. i think that those type of things are so so important like especially for setting up a business as well making sure you're taking small steps to get to your big goal making sure you've got a structured action plan. Because as I said, you know, life takes over. I've got a full-time job. I'm doing coaching. Now I'm working with a men's charity. It's very, very easy to become, you know, unorganized. Mm. Um, so being able to make sure you've got a coach throughout your journey is super key. Yeah, definitely. I had a coach um, before I started Black and Raw. And it, to be fair, it really was him that sort of helped me started it. Um, his, his name was Coach Dumi for anybody that wants a coach. Um, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, but he sort of helped me realize it was like, okay, so 
who do you want to be? Like, what do you want to be? Like, what does an exceptional Tino look like? Like, what is an exceptional Tino's day? Like in your day, you say your day out like this and like, like, where do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Um, and even then he was like, okay, I'm going to give you a project. I want you to do something that you're passionate about, like something that you're really interested in. And I wanted to do a men's talk, um, about black masculinity. Cause I was like, that's something I feel like I could talk on and do. Um, and then throughout the whole planning, I was like, yo, I want to do a podcast. I want to do a podcast. I want to do a podcast. I was like, just going to do a podcast and I'll do the talk and I'll do the podcast, but I, I, I got more excited about the podcast than the actual yeah. talk. Cause I was like, yeah, I want to do that. Um, but I, yeah, but he, he really helped me figure out sort of what I want to do and where I want to be. Um, so do me, if you are listening, thank you. He also did come onto the podcast as well. It was my third episode. Um, but yeah, he was, he was a real handy, but I, I, I agree with you. We do need to, I think we need to accept sort of paying for information is okay. Like, yeah. Like we, it's it's got to be done. Not everything can be free. As much as we would love to, like you've got to sometimes fork up the money for something. Um, like even I met these dudes called Social Boom, um, and they sort of help like grow your media platform and stuff like that. And they've got a community group um, where they all sort of support each other, give each other ideas, and help each other with stuff out. I haven't joined yet, but I definitely do want to join. That's something I'm willing to be like, yeah, I'm going to put money towards it because I know it's going to help me out in the long term. Um, and it's just, you know, people are experts for a reason, aren't they? People charge for a reason. <laughs> no one charges. 100%. Obviously, you know, if they're getting the results, they've obviously got their own business to run. And my thing is, is don't just pay for any service. Mm. You know, make sure it's, for example, a credible coach, you know, you know, someone that's potentially done a diploma or a school of thought so they know what they're talking about. Make sure you look into their testimonials. Make sure the results that they're helping their clients get align with what you want in life. Make sure, you know, you've read about, you know, their about me section, see if they're kind of aligned with with where you want to be. And then book in a free call. I mean, pretty much every coach allows you to book in a free call. And that call shouldn't be an obligation to work with them. That should be a call to suss out whether they're the perfect person to help you get to where you want to be. So there are a few steps to take. Don't just pay for anything, <laughs> but don't be afraid if you're thinking that's a person to help me, but I am going to have to make an investment. I can watch a few videos because when you put the money into something, you're going to be so much more committed yeah. than if you're not, because there's nothing to, there's nothing to really keep you in place. You think, Oh, okay. You know, I just go out with my friends on the weekend and I'll leave that to another day. But when you've got money on the line, you think, oh, okay, no, let, let no, me make me sure it. I get that part of my action plan completed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and it's also just sort of an accountability aspect of it, isn't it? You, you've you got someone that you know is going to be on your ass if you don't do what you do. Like, And it's not even the fact that they're going to be on your ass. It's like, like gonna, they know that you can do it and you know that you can do it. You're going to be sort of just more disappointed in yourself that you haven't done it. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's quite, it's quite essential. Um, I would say, um, in terms of, um, I was actually, I mean, we talked before, um, and I saw something, I saw, I think I saw a podcast that you were on in terms of, um, you talked about some of the issues that are facing, um, men right now. Um, you talked about the dating scene. I, I thought that was quite interesting. Could you, could you, could you elaborate on that or tell us what you're thinking? Yeah, so that's a really good question. I know not everyone might have the opinion of this, but I guess even in the way that I coach, it's a little bit, you know, I've met like coaches that are like super positive coaches, you know, positivity, Mm -hmm. positivity. But I feel like, and this is, you know, worked with every single person I've coached so far, it is important to bring people into a bit of a realistic nature about what's going on. Don't get me wrong, I won't give my advice, but it's important to bring them into reality and help them understand What's going to happen if you don't make the changes in life? I say that with that to say dating. So um, I guess my opinion of where the dating world is going and why it's kind of ending up in a bit of a tricky situation is, and this is not women's fault, but women have, you know, become more successful, which is mm-hmm. great. Uh, they have more money and even from, I guess, my own experiences, 
I have noticed that, in my personal opinion, women are hypergamous. Genuinely, this is not every single woman, but genuinely. Um, so that means they usually date someone their social economic status or level of finances or higher. Mm. Unfortunately, men have, you know, you know, men don't attend university, for example, to nowhere near the rate that women have, despite, unfortunately, women being oppressed in the past and not being able to go to university. Yeah. Uh, men have just become less successful. They've become lazier. Um, they've become, you know, more addicted to porn, junk food, video games. And women now, for the first time, a lot of the time are actually out earning men in their 20s. Mm. And the problem is that is that especially because of social media, so it's a bit of a multifaceted answer, but because of social media, women have got, got more options now more than ever. You would have had somebody, you know, I always give this example, Sally in a small town, let's say West Brom, she probably 30 years ago would have ended up dating somebody else in West Brom. Yeah. Now she's got options to, to date whoever. Right. Tinder. She's got Tinder, she's got Hinge, she's got Bumble, you've got Instagram, and, and, and Twitter. The, the biggest, the biggest, the biggest dating app of all time, Instagram. She can simply, you know, DM her favorite rapper when her favorite rapper's in town and her favorite rapper likes her. She sleeps with that rapper and then she thinks that that's her standard. I'm not going below that because <laughs> I've now slept with this rapper. And the problem is, is that there's a whole sea of men that just aren't getting looked into anymore. Mm. They've done quite a few studies where, you know, women now say they find 80% of men unattractive. Men swipe on Tinder 50% of the time. Women swipe 5% of the time. Mad. So it, it, it's, high, it's heavily skewed. And the problem is, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about the top 10%, the top 20%, but it is true that a lot of women are going for that top 10 to 20% of men. Mm. So there's a whole sea of men that aren't getting looked into. And then probably the scariest stat of all is the fact that one in three men under the, under the age of 30 are now sexless for the first time. About 10 years ago, that used to be, so in 2012, they did a similar study and that was 8%. So that has rapidly increased. So don't get me wrong. Can we just ignore the stats? Yeah, we can ignore the stats but it is something that's increasing and becoming more of a problem. And they've already predicted that by 2040, um, between the ages of 20 to 45, 45% of women will be single or childless. And again, a big part of that is, is that, you know, women kind of want to, you know, do their thing in their twenties, which is more than fine. Then look for a partner maybe in their thirties, yeah. but men typically, typically go for someone that is younger. Yeah. I know I've just spoken for ages, but that's, that is the way that I see it. And that is backed up by stats. And, you know, I just feel like something has got to give. And I personally just feel like the best solution for it is for men to pull their finger out. <laughs> and, you know, if you want this lifestyle, then you're going to have to start putting in the work into it. I think anyone can do better for themselves. Yeah. And I think women just have to be a bit more, understanding of the fact that sometimes our expectations are a little bit too high. There's a lot of women saying, you know, I only date someone that earn a hundred, a hundred grand a year. I'm not saying that's all women, but it's heavily Almost unrealistic. No one earns a hundred. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's, it, there's something that's got to give. Yeah. I, I think, it, yeah, I think you're right. I think both sides have got to, um, I've got to change behaviors in some way. I think it's amazing that women are, because the thing is, right. I think a lot of these, a lot of these women also would have seen their mothers sort of like, because it was such a smaller set pools, like pool set, such a smaller set of men that maybe you were yeah. exposed to, you didn't necessarily get the best you could. And so they've yeah. seen their mothers being like sort of settling really. Mm -hmm. Um, and their mothers were in such completely different positions than they are in now. You know, they didn't have the the tools or the resources to be as successful as their daughters are being, right? So yeah. we're seeing women now doing a lot better, which is fantastic, amazing, should happen, needs to happen. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, the men are the men are slowly lacking behind, and I think it was quite easy for the men of my father's generation and maybe just a bit below, you know, you had sort of your manual labor roles. Like you had, yeah. okay, uh, we do this. This is what we do. We come back home, provide for the family, wives at home cooking, you know, the, the roles were set. The roles were very defined. And now the roles are skewed. We're in a sort of a new age where it's like, okay, what do we, how do we relate? How do we figure out like, I think it's great that sort of women are being like, I just want to do my stuff in my twenties and then sort of get married. Then you're right. Men are, men usually go for younger women, you know, like, I don't know if you ever experienced this, but like in school, like, I feel like girls always used to go for the older guys. Like, so like if those guys, so if those girls your age, they never usually went for you. Cause they usually like the older guys. Cause he's got let's, the car. Like, let's admit, we all know the worrying story of when we were like 14 the hottest girl in the year was dating a 21 year old. Or the 16 year old was dating like the 19 year old. And that, that unfortunately just did happen. Obviously, if you're a bloody pedophile, like a 21 year old <laughs> or a 14 year old, you've got to take all the blame. But it's because, you know, you can argue that women just mature faster. They mature mm. faster. They're dating older people. So that is just a fact. Yeah, there's a fact. Yeah, you're right. And women do mature older. Like, I think their their development stops, like, I don't know, much earlier than men, basically. Mm. Um, and even I remember I was listening to this dude called uh, Richard Reeves, and he was talking about is there a crisis in boys and men in education? And he was like, yeah, there is. <laughs> he was like, men, and even you gave the stats about women that are doing much better at university and all of this and that. And so... I don't know. For men, you're right. We need to pull our fingers out of our asses and sort of be like, okay, we're in a new age now where our roles aren't defined as easy. Mm -hmm. So how do we be the best person that we can be and, you know, attract the women that we want to attract, you know, be appealing to the women that are earning more than us or, you know, like a woman can be earning more than you, but if you're sort of on your game and you're on the come up, but then you're also like emotionally intelligent and you also can ex express your feelings, bro, you're going to be ahead of the mark. Sure. You might not be earning more than her, but like if you're on your stuff and you're on the come up and then you also are emotionally intelligent, bro, you're winning, you're winning. This is, this is why, this is why, you know, like a lot of people like hear my, hear, hear my content and they probably would just think, you know, I'm one of those red pill guys and stuff like that. <laughs> but like, yeah, don't get me wrong. I definitely do agree that you know anyone can self-develop and it's all about self-improvement i am heavily into that but then i wouldn't be like a lot of those guys and that's why i don't subscribe to that because i don't think it's all about oh yeah you know the guy needs to be having multiple wives or the guy needs to be like heavily out earning his his woman and providing for her because one is extremely unrealistic as i said there's not many men that earn 100 grand and it is 100 grand still is you know with some of the the lifestyle that maybe the woman wants and then when you have kids and stuff like that just that one income alone might not even be enough anyway I don't, it, these days Especially it isn't <laughs> exactly when that gets taxed that's a different story so that side of things i don't completely agree with um but yeah it's about having it's about adapting to the times that we're in now it's about not complaining and it's about yeah just understanding the way that life is at this moment in time and what can you do to be the best you to attract yeah as you said to attract partners mm, yeah so yeah it's interesting it's definitely interesting um very interesting <laughs> and so uh, i've enjoyed this whole conversation that we've had nathan um and i just wanted to ask you the final question which i ask all my guests um say if there's a young black boy that's listening to this conversation how can something that you know help them with an understanding of themselves yes and this is a coaching question that i sometimes ask my clients i think this is a big penny drop moment so I'll ask it in a slightly different fashion, right? Write down on a piece of paper where you want to be in life, right? And then just simply ask yourself, you know, are you making the steps towards it? And what's going to happen if you just continue with life with the way it is at this moment in time? Would you be happy with yourself? 
No. And if that answer is no, <laughs> then you need to do something about it. You need some sort of support. You need to look at self-development videos, self-improvement videos. You need to have a, and this is something I believe is huge, especially for young black women. You need to have a role model, a positive role model, not a foolish role model, positive role model. Um, because a lot of the time you are going to subscribe it into a lot of the behaviors that you do see. Mm. Um, so make sure you're ingesting the right type of content as well. That's actually going to help you not hinder you. Um, that is probably the best bit of advice that I could give. Um, try to take advantage of any free resources that you can see. <laughs> but when you can be honest with yourself and you know that you need something extra to help you push yourself to that next level and unlock untapped potential, reach out to a coach, reach out to a mentor, someone that can give you the results that you want. Yeah, definitely. So now, thank you. Thank you very much. I even answered your question. <laughs> um, but no, Nathan, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast. It was really good. Um, I loved chatting with you and hopefully we can do it again sometime as well. A hundred percent. I'd love to. It's been a great chat. Thank you for having me on. So no, bro. Have a good day. Uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day as well. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. Thank you very much for listening to this episode, guys. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed talking to Nathan. Um, I think it was just really good to have somebody who I think I aligned with really well. Um, and, you know, I think it was really good that he reached out to me. Um, I always love when people reach out to me, honestly. Um, and so if you want to find out more about Nathan or if you want to, you know, be one of his clients, um, his uh, coaching is called Step Up Coaching. I'm going to put that into the show notes. You can go and check that out. Like I said, he also has a workshop on the 7th of September. So be there be square um and i'm gonna put all these links into the show notes so you can just go and check those out um as well as i have a talk on what makes a good man um on the 5th of september from 7 30 to 8 30 so go and check that out too guys come along man i'd love to see you there like if you come like let me know if you listen to the podcast and you're know, like yeah i'm gonna come um because that'd be awesome to have you to be honest with you so I really hope you guys can come along to that and, you know, let me know what you think. What makes a good man? Pop that and into the comments and into the comments. There's no comments here. <laughs> Lol. Nah, just tell me about it. Um, drop me a message um, on Instagram, TinoTalk25 on Twitter and TikTok and just TinoTalk on Instagram. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think of this episode. Let me know what you think of what makes a good man. And I'm going to I'm gonna end this episode. I'm going to end this episode very soon. So I really thank you guys for listening. Um, I really enjoy doing this stuff. So, you know, we're on episode 68 right now. And yeah, I, I just love it. Soon we'll be on 70. Soon we'll be on 100. You know what I'm saying? Like 100 episodes. 100 episodes. 10 years. 10 years. 10 years. 100 episodes. <laughs> if you sort of get that reference, let me know what you guys think um, and where it's from anyway. Um, but yeah. Thank you very much for listening. I really enjoyed doing this stuff, guys. And I really, I really appreciate that you listen um, and that I hope you gain some value out of it, which is always important for me. So thank you, Nathan, for coming on to the podcast. Thank you, you, for listening. And thank you, Liverpool, for giving me a stressful and great Sunday. So thank you, guys. Have a good day. We will talk soon.